my friend, are listening to the Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Roger A., Samurai Flea, Scott L., Nate Dog, Ridiculous Hat, James W., Forrest B., and Electric Mick for your support of this show. You can join them and get some amazing perks for yourself over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And in case you missed it, special offer for only this month for supporters at $5 or above, you'll get a special shout-out in my new book that I'm writing. Go check it out for yourself, patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. Hello and welcome to episode 180 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and I'm excited to be with you all. In fact, I might be with you uh, through this podcast right now, but the reality is that as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this in real time, I'm actually on a bit of a vacation with the fam, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but in the meantime, I'm joined by a very special guest. We're going to have a really fun time today uh, with a Twitch streamer, a YouTuber. You may know him as Dexter. What's going on, man? Hey, glad to be here. It's good to have you. Um, you know... On this show, we really are focused on helping people to get better at the game and connecting with people and having fun in the process. And, uh, you know, I thought that there was no better person right now uh, who is really uh, dedicated to the game and dedicated to creating a great environment on his Twitch uh, than Dexter here. So today we're going to be really focused on talking about deck building. And I know that this is this is something I get asked about all the time. People who either want to start building decks or just can't figure out how to make things work there. And uh, it's really something that Dexter here is known for. So uh, we're going to have a great conversation. It's going to be a fun time. And before we get on into all that, Dexter, I know we we have plenty of people listening who probably aren't familiar with your stream. And and some who are and may want to know you on a deeper, uh, hopefully brighter level. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are, your background in gaming, and how you got into Hearthstone in the first place? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Dexter. I play Hearthstone, uh, strictly Hearthstone. I haven't streamed anything else, actually. Um, and as far as my background in gaming, or, or card games, rather, I, I haven't played any other card game so from hearthstone really uh wow. yeah well okay i played a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, i don't okay. think i played it right when i was growing up and i played <laughs> a little bit of like pokemon but i also don't think i played it right i mostly just bought the cards and showed them to my friends um but yeah there's no like magic or anything where i was growing up so um yeah i kind of just started playing hearthstone because i was excited about it i really enjoyed playing wow and um I just, I really like the universe, and uh, that's kind of what got me into Hearthstone. I gotcha. So you did have some connection with at least uh, Blizzard games and stuff like that going into it. Yeah. Um, wow. I play. I started in Classic. I mean, this is a weird time because Classic WoW just came out, but I started playing back <laughs> in right. Vanilla, I guess. I played in Vanilla all the way up through. I think I've played every single expansion since then, but I was really into Jeez. it for Vanilla up through like Wrath of the Lich King. After that, mm-hmm. I'd probably play for a couple months, but uh, I don't. I, I can't even say I'm that connected to the lore. I would just skip through all the all the quests <laughs> and just try and kill things. So, was it leveling up? Was it the loot that really brought you back then? I think it's just like the feeling of progression. 
um, mm-hmm. feeling like I'm, you know, growing, getting stronger. Sure. Uh, kind of in a similar vein to Hearthstone where I like uh, getting higher and higher ranks, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, there's a lot of parallel there, I think, even though they couldn't be uh, more different games. Yeah. So you, you, you mentioned that, uh, that you knew the World of Warcraft universe. So what was it about Hearthstone other than that? I mean, this is a card game. It's digital. It was kind of the first of its kind in a lot of ways. So what, what really made you say, man, I got to try this out? And maybe what hooked you from the beginning, too, after you got your, your teeth in it? Um, I mostly think I, uh, I kind of got a little bit bored with WoW. But I still liked, you know, the characters and all that. And while I was kind of mm-hmm. waiting for my friends to come on or if I wasn't doing raiding or anything, I'd just play a couple games of Hearthstone. Um, not really sure what got me hooked. I actually, okay, I started playing Hearthstone, then I stopped. I fell out of Hearthstone. I came back for Angoro. Okay. Came back ah, for Angoro, okay. and that's when I started my my YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, I feel like the the process of content creation... And Hearthstone together is kind of what got me hooked. Hmm. I uh, I like seeing my my sub count grow, you know, getting more sure. more thumbs up, more views, <laughs> and then just trying to find better decks and improving my content and uh, getting higher and higher ranks. So, hmm. yeah, that's great. So it started with YouTube. I, had you done content creation stuff before then, or like what what made you say as you were getting back into this game, man, I have to create YouTube videos around this too. Um, I actually, I started a YouTube a long time ago. I was like really good at Mirror's Edge. I don't know if you know that game. Oh, dude, I um, love that game. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I, I loved Mirror's Edge so much and I was like always top three on the leaderboard. So I started like Jeez. making videos of it, but I was using like a handheld camera, but I would still get like 20,000, 30,000 views. <laughs> if you're like, that no, good, is... people will watch whatever quality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's before everyone had like good quality, uh, like right, setups right. and and everything but uh I, I don't know i feel like it's a little bit addictive like getting views and stuff mm. so you know like, like getting a, a like on an instagram photo or something I don't sure know. yeah, yeah I, so, I think um, everyone deals with that to, to varying levels with even social media um yeah but when you actually create something like a podcast or a youtube video or something like that it's like man once once you start getting some momentum it is pretty addictive to be like man what do i have to do to keep you know growing that and stuff <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And then like um I started another channel that was based around Little Big Planet. I don't know if you know that game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um and it was actually called it was well, I don't know if I want to say the name. Maybe I won't say the name. But the the <laughs> the style of content that I made um oh. or the format was very similar to how I executed uh, Dexter Gaming, my current okay. YouTube channel. So, uh yeah, I would I would play um little big planet i would get people's levels and then i would play them they would see the levels and they'd like show it to their friends like hey look this guy Mm. played my level Mm -hmm. so i was like hey why don't i do that with hearthstone i'll play people's decks and then they'll they'll be excited and they'll share the video with their friends and that's kind of that's how this came to be yeah i never really intended on streaming or anything either i just wanted to make youtube content Interesting. So, so what was the what was the uh, crossover there then? Uh, especially if you were a little bit hesitant to to jump onto Twitch, uh, like the crossover to start streaming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so I was working corporate, you know, nine to five, and uh, mm-hmm. I'd come home, and sometimes I just want to, 
hang out with my wife or, you know, throw in a YouTube video, start growing my YouTube. And mm-hmm. I just, I just wanted to be able to consistently make YouTube videos. And if you're making a YouTube video, like you can kind of have a weird schedule. Like I could do it from eight to 10 PM. I could do it before I go to work. If I wake up early, just record the video and release it whenever I want. Uh, mm-hmm. but streaming because it was kind of on a, on a, on a schedule. Well, I think if you want to grow as a streamer, you have to be on a schedule. So I was hesitant to do that, but then uh, my YouTube started growing and people wanted me to start streaming. And, um, I just, I got enough demand to the point where I thought I'd try it out and people liked it and started growing. The people had spoken and there's only so much resisting you can do at that point. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. And actually I started as a YouTube streamer and then I switched to Twitch. So sure. Yeah. Different platforms. I mean, people are still trying to figure all of that out, but especially yeah. with Hearthstone, Twitch is kind of the the easy place to go right now. Absolutely. Well, that's that's cool. So, like, it sounds like you really started um, doing YouTube stuff around Hearthstone, specifically with just trying everybody's wacky and crazy decks that were out there and stuff. Has has that crossed over into your Twitch stream being sort of what differentiates you or like why do you find that people are tuning in nowadays to to watch you play this crazy game? Um I think there there are a lot of different, you know, channels out there. There are some people who play really high legend. There's some people who play obviously like wild and arena and stuff like that, but yeah, I think what makes me stand out is I play off meta decks. Mm-hmm. Or at least I consider them off meta or like meme decks, but it's also, it's even, it's a little bit more, more niche than that where uh, they have to be off meta, but they also have to perform well. Which is uh, the most difficult uh, niche to yeah. find usually. Yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to find the decks. Um, sometimes I'll make them, sometimes I'll find them from people and, and, you know, change them a little bit, but uh like right now I'm playing this quest wall one somdi yeah res pre I don't even know what to call these decks they get so weird um, <laughs> so many elements to it yeah yeah but uh, I I'm really enjoying this deck and nobody is playing it and I mean today's first day of the season I think I almost hit rank 1 non legend which is still really fast there's only like hey, 30 yeah. people who are legend right now so that's great I, I will say that my buddy uh, Wicked Good actually did queue it up against oh. me in a friendly uh, in a friendly challenge the other day, and I got completely torn to shreds. I yeah. can't. I think I was doing Quest Druid or something, but it wasn't. It wasn't even close. So that that deck has a lot of potential. <laughs> Wicked Good, my man. He like he that. knows, man. Yeah. <laughs> so so talk to me about 2019 because it seems like in a lot of ways this year has really been. Um, a lot of opportunities, a lot of breakouts and, and stuff. So, like, how have you seen the stream and your content creation? Um, uh, I, I don't even know what to call it, just side of your life, uh, really take off. Oh man, um, I feel like my numbers have really grown since the theory crafting event, mm. uh, and it's been it's been great. I mean, I'm really I'm really enjoying the game. I think it's in a good spot right now. And I don't know if, oh God, there's so many different factors that go into it. Like, is it because I'm enjoying the game more? Is it because I did theory crafting and more people are watching my stream? Mm-hmm. Um, is it because some people are moving to, you know, like TFT or, or um, uh, Classic WoW and all that? Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of getting the, the trickle down from their viewers who want to watch Hearthstone. Is it because mm-hmm. my, my YouTube's con- continuing to grow? I don't know what it is. 
but it's it's doing great and i'm loving it yeah it's when when you can't say it was it was just this one little thing that i got lucky with uh, that's usually a good sign because uh, you know you're hustling behind the scenes to make a lot of different things happen. Um, so that's that's definitely a good thing, I think, in my book. Now you mentioned this uh, this theory crafting thing, and it was really a, a very cool opportunity. It seemed. Can you share with us a little bit about what that was like for you going to going to Blizzard HQ and being able to uh, play with these cards and uh, and figure out decks before anyone else got to? Yeah, I mean, it was it was great. Um, I'm so. I'm so happy that I was able to to go there. You know, I was able to meet all the other streamers uh, like Regis and and Slissa and Ali Straza and and Virgil and Purple. I think that was I think I named everybody. Did I? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry if I missed I anybody. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my my favorite part was probably meeting everybody actually. Um, but well, I guess the Hearthstone part was pretty nice as well. Being able to play before everyone else. <laughs> I. I um, I got to, you know, theory craft the night before. Oh my gosh. I didn't get much sleep. I was just theory crafting <laughs> decks. I came there with uh, like 15 decks prepared. I was asking everyone else, all the other streamers, and a lot of them had like nothing prepared. They were just like winging it. Oh, I was man. like, what? It's like, how do you do that? You, like, I, I, you, couldn't, I couldn't sleep. You were Charlie Bucket the night before going into Willy Wonka's factory, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was so excited, but I also had it in the back of my head that I was like, okay, I'm going to make so much YouTube content from this. Like I mm. need to uh, play all these different decks and then just, you know, triple upload every day for the next few days, um, sure. which is what I did. <laughs> and it was great. I was the last one out of the stream room. I feel bad because I, I kept uh, Chris, the guy who organized the event, I, I probably kept uh-huh. him, you know, kept him a little too late there, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. I just I just wanted to stay longer than Regis, and it worked out. But, hey, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> He's a good guy too. Um, so for for the sake of like those those cards and really getting to play with them for the first time, now that we've had, I mean, it's just about a month now that that's passed since Oldham has been released and stuff. Uh, did uh, did things play out the way that you expected them from that event <laughs> today, or has uh, has the meta and like decks that would actually survive and be a part of things uh, surprised you? Um, I mean, it's changed quite a bit um i remember like the first day there i was even saying like hey you know like dual paladin is really not that bad and i even made a video saying like the best deck i've played so far which was true it was not clickbait it was the best (laughs) deck i played so far and um i think i just kept winning games at the theory crafting event like i felt bad Mm -hmm. and i switched decks because i was like this is too easy but today you try and play that and it's just it's not gonna go well i tried it the other day i lost like five games in a row or something um i think other things i was saying that uh quest warrior was actually decent and okay it is not Ooh, it is bad (laughs) i spent i probably played like 20 games of quest warrior and it's just uh that's that's not a deck you want to play yeah, not um, yet. We've got some yeah. other uh, warrior cards that need to bite the dust before <laughs> before yeah. we're looking at that quest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hopefully, with the the upcoming expansion, it'll be a bit better. Um, hmm. I thought Questrude would be really good, and it wasn't too good until the patch hit. Sure. Yeah. Um, what else did I think would be a top deck? I think Quest Rogue. I thought okay. I, th- I think everyone thought the rogue uh, quest was just busted. 
Um, really? That, uh, you know, the 3-2 the invulnerable weapon was uh-huh. just too much. And it seems like it's not doing too great. I really don't think it's that bad. Uh, but I'm looking at HS Replay right now mm-hmm. um, at the, the premium stats. And hey, I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's, it's tier four, supposedly. Wow. Especially with like the whole Burgle uh, side of things. Like Burgle Rogue used mm. to be the one of the most popular decks. And I think it this quest like helping to kind of progress that or at least give it something as more as a bigger payoff probably help those people just continue to play it but uh it's pretty dependent on getting some good draws off of the uh, all the random effects that you there's get yeah, there's definitely a lot of randomness that goes into it but that's that's also part of the fun of hearthstone yeah totally uh, you know getting the random zuljin off a rogue opponent and then playing <laughs> zuljin and then you know playing tests and then she plays all your rogue cards like stuff like that make for the the most exciting games so wait if tess plays zuljin does that activate all the spells again i haven't actually seen that play so you play (laughs) you you play zuljin and it's going to change you to a hunter so when you play tess it's going to consider you as a hunter which means it's only going to play all the rogue cards you played that's right okay so well it's it's good that there's not uh hunterception i guess in there yeah 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 that'd be too much (laughs) That's awesome. Well, so tell me about kind of what the future looks like for you. What are some of your goals as a streamer or as a Hearthstone player? What are the things that are going to keep you coming back uh, moving forward other than a few more, you know, subs and uh, the the hit of uh, the content creator life? (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, I feel like my goals are mostly just numbers. Like right now I'm at, uh, what am I, for for YouTube, I'm at, uh, let's see, 55,000. 800 subs and a couple months ago my my goal for the end of the year was 50,000 so like I knocked that out of the park so I guess (laughs) now my new goal is um I don't know I think I think if I if I uh put out enough good content I could probably hit 60,000 by the end of the year so that's probably like the rest of my goal for this year um on Twitch I mean I've already done way better than I expected um Mm. I, I don't really like putting like viewership goals because mm-hmm. I feel like the viewership fluctuates so much, but uh, yeah, I had a follower goal of seventeen thousand by the end of the year, and I've already passed that. So maybe like a eight eighteen thousand. No, I could probably do more. Maybe nineteen. Maybe <laughs> maybe twenty twenty thousand Twitch. I don't know. I, I mostly let's go. I, Come on, man, make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, I don't know. I don't. It's hard. It's hard to measure. Like I used to try and measure yeah. out how many you know followers and and subs i'd get and like in one month on youtube i might just get only a thousand subs Mm. on youtube and then an expansion comes out or rotation happens and i get like six thousand in one month it's just so volatile Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to predict so and and especially knowing what the breakout kind of videos are really are going to be i mean you know if you're if you're anything like me you're watching the numbers you're letting them have a seat at the table as far as like what content you make and stuff trying to learn from the things that do really well and and leverage those or uh, continue to replicate that kind of success but at the same time you do have to do what you want to do at the end of the day also i you you mentioned you're having more fun with the game and i think that's one of the most important things uh that uh that just needs to be present in order to you know figure out what you want to do and where you can really go so 
Um, so just keep yeah. at it on and ever upward, man, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I actually just remembered one metric that I usually measure myself by, um, especially if, if any other streamers are, are listening, there's the solely gnome website where you could check your stats as a streamer. And, okay. um, I usually don't look at followers or viewers. I like looking at, um, the directory position and it'll tell you mm. like where within Hearthstone you ranked. Um, oh, I remember a couple yeah, months ago, yeah, a few months ago, I was just like a top 30 streamer uh, for mm-hmm. Hearthstone whenever I'd stream. And recently I've been like top 15. I could see today I go. hit like number 11. So that's just like how far down within the directory you have to scroll. So I guess sure. uh, by the end of the year, if I could consistently be top 10 while I'm on, that'd be fantastic. That'd be good. That's a, There's, that's, it yeah. sounds like a uh, an achievable goal also for where you're hidden now. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, before we get too far into this, I know we've gotten to know you a little bit more, but it would not be the happy Hearthstone if I did not ask you why you're happy today. So what's got you in a good mood, man? Uh, I'm just happy I'm alive right now. And I'm happy <laughs> my my dog has not uh, pooped indoors today. That is a, is, you mentioned that this is a newer dog, right? Is yeah, it a we puppy just, or it's it's a rescue. She's about oh, okay. eleven months old, and she was never housebroken or anything. Oh, so oh man, it's it's rough sometimes. But when she's good, she's good. Yeah, and today and she she's will good. Be good. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'd be amiss if I didn't ask you what kind of dog it is. I have no idea. I think it's like a corgi <laughs> mix. When when we adopted her, they oh, said okay. do- dachshund mix, but uh, I don't think that's true. I corgi think she's is like pretty dis- indistinguishable. Mix. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It looks like a, it's either like a corgi, but it kind of looks like a baby German Shepherd to me. Oh, okay. Oh, like so probably size. twenty different breeds, basically. It, it's probably yeah. It's a it's a big mix. Another thing <laughs> I'm happy about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing I'm happy about here is uh, the fact that there's not a lot of control warriors on the ladder. Hmm. Tell me about that, because I like I like where you're coming from with that. One. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the last uh, last three days. There's like eight uh, percent or less control warriors. Wow, at rank one anyway. So, did you I, did I just, you foresee so that happy. happening with a single card getting getting nerfed? No, I still think control warrior is one of the top decks, and people just haven't gotten around to going back to play it. Just like I think like Holy Wrath Paladin is very good and not a lot of people are playing it because it has zero new cards. Um, so, I mean, I think it's going to creep back up, but, you know, hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't think- know. When, when I'm playing fun decks, I feel like the murderer of fun decks is Control Warrior. Oh, that's absolutely true because it just yeah. uh, it's inevitable, essentially, that it's going to win at some point. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. I, I think that people are probably just uh, feel collectively that it's worn out its welcome a little bit. And uh, there's a little bit more margin and room to breathe as far as uh, newer decks or, or the, I don't know, a lot of the quest decks still have gone un, uh, unimagined, I think, in a lot of ways. So um, yeah, it's just lots of fun to be had up there in the in the high ranks, honestly. Yep. 
Well, I'm happy today for um, for several reasons. One, uh, we finished up Labor Day weekend, and I actually I had one extra day, so we just uh, welcomed our second kiddo into the world, and I had one day left over from paternal leave that I'd kind of like kept in my back pocket, and my boss was like, hey, you need to take that time, so you should take that time. So we had like a four-day weekend instead of a three um, so we went, uh, we went up to Breckenridge here in Colorado and there's this, uh, there's this artist who is like an outdoors artist who loves creating wooden trolls. And these things are, are bigger than life. Honestly, like this is a huge, I, I don't know if he's, if he was standing, he would have been something like 20 feet maybe or something like that. And it's, He's done these all over the world. I think he's from the Netherlands, and he just decided to do this in Colorado. My wife knew about it and said, we need to go. <laughs> I, I want to go check this thing out. And so we're there, and I'm like, oh, I got to take a picture of this and stuff. And my wife tells me, you know, the name of this troll is Isaac Hartstone. And I was like, what? Like, come on, you're going to tell me now while we're here? <laughs> and apparently the guy made this thing and actually put a stone in its chest as its heart. So... Um, that was just a funny little uh, last minute thing. I'm looking at it right now. This thing's it's beautiful. Oh, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like the guy is impeccable as far as like his uh, craftsmanship and stuff, and he's done this all over the world. So the fact we have one, uh, you know, just a few hours from us is crazy. So I had some sweet time with the family. That was definitely a fun thing. Um, and then the rest of the weekend was just uh, getting ready. So I, I mentioned at the top of this show, I'm actually not around right now. Um, I'm on a on a week vacation with my wife's side of the family. We're down in Florida. And um, so really excited that that will be what's happening <laughs> right now. We're going to be spending a lot of time on the beach. I'm going to really unplug as best as I can from uh, from everything. And we all need times like that, and I think we need them more than ever as we just keep you know, building digital bridges and stuff, even having little pockets, whether it's a few hours or you know, a long week or something like that where we can do that is just uh, good for our souls to breathe a little bit. So I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm sure I'm really enjoying it uh, right now. Uh, we are going to take our three-year-old to Disney World to the Magic Kingdom for a day so that'll be incredible Ooh. we'll we'll just be staring at her the whole time we've been we've been building her <laughs> repertoire up with Tangled and Princess and the Frog and Little Mermaid so I think she's as ready as she can be for a three-year-old so it'll be uh it'll be a blast but we'll have a great time <laughs> you are very dedicated to still be making this podcast right now well, you know as well as I do, man. It's imp- you said it at the top about Twitch streaming. It's very true about podcasting too. That consistency is king, uh, and so yeah. I, you know, I honestly, this was something that came to mind. This was thankfully the the first idea that I had that doing something fun like this, a different conversation, would really be a great way uh, to bridge the bridge the gap. Excuse me, when I'm not around, and uh, do something do something big. You know, uh, I don't yeah. want to do it small while I'm not here. So this would be this would be good. Like so let's it. go ahead and jump into our main topic today. I, I mentioned, I get asked this a lot. Uh, people, you know, when you get into the game, 
Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but at the very beginning, you start out, and as you unlock the different classes, you actually get a basic deck that you start unlocking basic cards for, and uh, they can kind of fill in there. But you get this uh, this basic deck that kind of gets you off the ground with the different classes. And I remember very vividly when I first started playing Hearthstone, I played a little bit. It was funny. You mentioned Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. Those were the two games I played a little bit of, too. Uh, so I had a little bit of background, but not much. And so when it came to actually looking at my collection and staring at that uh, that new deck button and thinking like, what the heck do I do? Um, it can be really overwhelming. And so um, my hope is that uh, through us having a good time and talking about a lot of these different things, uh, that you can have some, some tools in your tool belt uh, when it comes to building your, your own decks. Um, some some of you may have tinkered with doing this before. Others of you may have just been so overwhelmed that you don't even think you want to go anywhere near there. I hope we can encourage and maybe inspire you to try it out. And even in the small ways of tinkering and teching in different things. Um, but yeah, that that's my hope for this whole conversation. And Dexter, like I've seen you terrorize the ladder with some of your own creations and just have a blast with others. I was watching a little bit of this uh, quest, Bonsamdi Bonsam Wall Priest. Uh, I, I it's basically the nightmare amalgam of decks, I guess. <laughs> just yeah, throw everything yeah. in there. Um, and I was wondering as I'm watching this, like, what is it that drives you to build your own decks? Like, I, you mentioned that you do this sometimes, like. What is the itch that gets inside of you that's just like, man, I have to try this thing out? Um, I mean, there's just something inside me where I don't like playing like top tier decks. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, but I, just just trying something new is so much fun. Trying something that people don't expect is so much fun. And then just to, to make your own deck, it almost feels like a you've made uh, you know you know it's like your child you know and um <laughs> when you win it just feels that much more satisfying um and when you lose you could just be like hey man well like that guy didn't make his own deck but i did <laughs> so like when you lose it, it hurts less and when you win it feels better and yeah. if you if you actually just start finding you know your stride with your own deck mm -hmm. or like an off meta deck it just it feels way better than like playing control warrior or yeah. something like that so yeah. i and i think it's like the challenge is what i'm hearing you say like there there's something to be gained really from doing this like i if you're learning the basics of the game if you're playing a lot if you're watching streamers and and figuring out how the meta is working and stuff I, I really believe anybody can hit legend. Now, being able to hit legend with something that you've created or being able to go into high legend ranks with that, uh, that's something altogether unique. And I think especially being able to do it off kilter really is a uh, an even more extreme challenge. So I don't know if it's masochism or if it is uh, you know, the goodness yeah. <laughs> uh, within it, but I, I have a, a, an immense amount of respect for people who do this regularly and uh, especially having fun the whole way. Yeah, I mean... I feel like like you could just you could grab my deck that I've been playing and just change a couple cards and it might it might be enough. I don't what what warrants it being your deck as opposed to mine. I I feel like there's no there's no fine line, right? 
So it's true. Yeah. And I, there's certainly not a, um, you know, uh, regulation as far as that's concerned on our so top decks or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would say that like in general terms, when you're teching or fine tuning a deck, it's usually somewhere in the neighborhood of like three to five cards that you're swapping out. Um, you know, I think I think of on HS Replay, you can look at archetypes and actually see the core cards that they've kind of like from the data they've seen. Uh, you're able to see these are these are by and large the most popular cards for this archetype, so they tend to be core. But even even then, you're not talking. You may look at it and say, "Gosh, I, I really don't think this one fits in there," so it may actually not be core. And then. Uh, you know, you go you go ham and create something altogether different than, than what's been there. So, yeah. Well, I've yeah. I've talked with a lot of people over the years who really want to start creating their own decks, but they really don't know where to start. What would you say is a good place for learning how to do this? Um, you know, I, I I mentioned before there's not really a formula; otherwise, everyone could just straight up do it. <laughs> but what would you say to like a somebody who's hopeful who really wants to kind of get their feet wet with this? Um, I, I feel like looking at other people's decks and kind of seeing what cards synergize well together and kind of just running away with certain packages in a way Mm -hmm. and then just building off of those. Um, I mean, I, I think if you see enough of other decks that are performing well. You can mm-hmm. kind of you can kind of know which which direction you want to go. If you want to reinvent the wheel and just build it from just looking at your collection and never looking at the internet, that's going to be really hard and it's going to take a <laughs> while. And I think you're going to get destroyed by the meta. But Probably as true. you're playing against the meta, you'll be like, oh wow, this guy's running, you know, extra arms and divine spirit and inner fire. Maybe I should put that in my deck. And then mm. I mean, you're kind of. You're kind of copying them anyway, in a way. So I think just um, seeing what works and then just altering what you think should be a little bit different. Change five to ten cards and then um, kind of just get a feel for it that way. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, as you were talking, it reminded me of something I read in a book by uh, Jeff Goins recently. He said something to the effect of that, like, uh, bad artists think they have to do it all themselves good artists know how to steal well um and he and he wasn't saying just you know straight up like take somebody's you know um uh what do you call it ip or anything like that but like when it comes to creating a lot of times you do have to build ideas based off of what other people have done and i think within the game it is it is important to know like overarching archetypes and also like card synergies and stuff like that like you know you may see somebody with uh quest shaman play former champ and mutate and you think oh man that's really cool are there other cards that would make that would make sense with mutate also the answer is yes um i don't know that there are better ones (laughs) right now um or at least to make the whole swing but there are probably some other really cool archetypes that are some other cool cards that could slot in there to to do something altogether different yeah i mean that's a that's a good way to look at it. I, I mean, I always go back to like why reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, just make a better wheel than someone else made. 
So <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like with the, with the quest shaman thing or the, the mutate mutating those, I think they're called flesh shapers, mogu flesh shapers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 M- mutating those like that's, that's insane. And then you can go with mm-hmm. a battle cry build, or if you want to do something a little different, maybe you even take out the quest package, you make it more tokeny. Um, you, you put those like microtech controllers, maybe put it in replicating yeah, menaces yeah. and then you throw in some blood loss and you can throw in Vecina. Like mm. there's, there's, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And I think actually one of the biggest limitations is the fact that Hearthstone is so expensive. Um, mm, people sure. will come into my chat and be like, Hey, should I craft the, the, you know, the priest quest? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, like I like the card. I think there's a lot of good decks with it, but I don't know your collection and I can't really tell you it's a good craft based on your collection. You know, I almost feel like right. a, like I'm a financial advisor, right? <laughs> like, or I, I have to, I have <laughs> to be like, I have to, I have to tiptoe around it and tell them like, sure. I'm not, I'm not certified, you know, for like this thing without seeing your collection, <laughs> but it's not like I can look at everyone's collection. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you got, if you got the uh, the shaman quest, I think that's a great way to like start your your building process. Just uh, mm-hmm. make put in the quest, look sort through your battle cries, choose which battle cries you think are great. Um, if you're missing some legendaries that you want, just find other battle cries that are pretty good, and you should be able to uh, climb quite nicely. Like in the same vein, if you get the paladin quest, just start building off the paladin quest. You just need yeah. some reborn cards. Uh, quest paladins actually there's there's like there's some budget versions out there so i'm trying to think yeah. of even what the big i mean i guess kanger's endless army is really something that you want in there but that may well i think one of the most recent decks i've made that has been doing well is a version of quest paladin and okay. um i have gone through like 10 different versions of this and there's a lot of people saying like they disagree with cards that are in my deck but i see them performing well so i keep them in my deck and they go in different directions and i go in a different direction and that's fine (laughs) but i i feel like um another thing another thing with quest building is sometimes there's no like right and wrong Mm -hmm. um so like like for me personally I like running Karta Defenders and my Quest Paladin. And okay. some people have decided to take out Karta Defender. I like it as a stabilization tool. It uh, feels great to, you know, uh, use your, your Emperor Wraps on. Um, and it's also just consistency as far as completing your quest. So I like mm-hmm. running Karta Defenders, but you might not like running Karta Defenders. You might prefer running, I don't know, like a Blood Mage Thalnos or a Mind mm-hmm. Control Tech or an Undertaker. So there's there's a lot of flexibility within that. And I think when you're building a deck, if you're replacing some cards from from a deck you like or something like that, uh, just realize, like, mess, mess around with it. Have some fun. And, um, I mean, it, it, it can't be too bad if you replace, you know, uh, Kangor's Endless Army with an extra card set or you replace it with the Subdue or something like that. Mm-hmm. So Sure. And it's really giving yourself the freedom to tinker, I think, too. A, a lot of people have just extreme ladder anxiety, and I've been there, and I sometimes still get it every now and then. But if your goal is to is to 
tinker and create something that really makes sense or that is your own creation, you've got to treat that as the highest priority and say like, it's okay if I take this to casual or it's okay if I push to the next ranked floor and just, you know, uh, go insane there or something, but give yourself the permission and the freedom to, to try to fail. Um, I mean, like, like you mentioned earlier, if you, if you fail, then it was just, it was your own thing. It's, it's all good. And then if you win, it's all the better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really play casual. I mostly only play ranked, even if I'm playing like a really weird deck that I've never played. Uh-huh. Um, I do understand the ladder anxiety, and I think I used to have it. I think it's just like pushing new boundaries. It's really like just getting out of your comfort zone, right? If you mm-hmm. never hit rank five and you're rank six, like you're going to be, you know, freaking out if you're on final yeah, boss yeah. and stuff like that. And you're going to, you know, pop the champagne as soon as you hit rank five. And if you fall all the way back to rank 10, you're going to feel pretty sad, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with hitting, uh, you know, hitting rank one, hitting legend. Uh, for me, the highest I've been is rank 12 legend. So I guess if I hit wow. single digit legend, I'd be pretty uh, excited. I'd get some ladder anxiety at that point. If I'm queuing sure. on 12, I'd probably get ladder anxiety, especially if I'm pushing for like rank one legend. But I think mm-hmm. once you kind of cross that barrier, you kind of, kind of calm down a little bit so i mean ladder anxiety is definitely it's a real thing though yeah yeah and and different people deal with it who have accomplished different things also like you know um having hit legend several times now i don't you know if i'm at two or one i'm feeling pretty good and i'm okay with it like if i if i fall down to rank five that's okay i can you know get there next month or, or work my way back up or whatever um, but especially when you're hitting new strides or something like that, I think um, I think uh, it's it's just important to recognize and not not judge yourself based off of someone else's accomplishments, but say like, okay, this is where I'm at, this is what I want to do, and uh, and be okay with that. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm thinking it's also it's really hard to tell like as you're going. You mentioned that you've done ten different builds of Quest Paladin. I remember being really um, really awestruck when I first tried out. I think it was one of your early builds that had zero removal in it. It was just yeah. minions and like uh, really it was really greedy, but it was fantastic when there were tons of control warriors and stuff. So like I, I mean. Since that has progressed, I, I saw today like you put in some true silver champions and and stuff. Or is that is that the right the the weapon yeah, yeah. for paladin? Good lord! Yeah, um, well, yeah, I, I uploaded the the version I was doing. I wrote a big guide on Reddit. It was doing pretty well, and people are like, mm-hmm. "Why aren't there true silvers and consecrations in here?" Right. And I was right. like, I was Standard. like, oh oh crap! Why why am I not <laughs> running those? So sure. I started tinkering with the deck. I switched it up. I added them in. I made it less greedy. I took out Undertaker, um, and the deck's doing a lot better now. So, so how do you figure that out as you go? Basically, like, okay, I've I've tried building a deck. Maybe I've tweaked something else. Like, how do I measure success? Obviously, if I'm winning, that's good. If I'm losing, that's not. But sometimes you could be losing and still have all the right stuff in place, or winning and it's not actually due to what. I, actually, I guess if you're winning, you're doing fine. But yeah. um, but how how do you judge your deck's effectiveness and when it's time to try something else or go a different direction? Um, I mostly do it 
by um, well because well first of all if, if you're playing a huge deck that has a ton of games you can look at HS replay look at the large sample size and be like oh, okay this game or this card only wins 48 percent of the time obviously you want to mm-hmm. chop that card but with these smaller sample sizes like I'm playing decks that have 20 games 30 games um, I, I think a good way to do it is I just keep this thing in my head where I'm like okay like I took out Undertaker I put in Carta Defender Every time I have Carta Defender, I want to think in my head, would I prefer this was an Undertaker? And um, just try, try and think of that every time. And keep tabs mm-hmm. and be like, okay, yeah, I wish this was an Undertaker. And like, okay, like, you know, eight out of ten times, I wish this was Undertaker. Then you can put Undertaker back in. Sure, um, sure. So right now I'm doing, I'm still tinkering with this Priest deck, which I'm excited to play more of tomorrow. But um, right now I'm looking at Holy Nova. I'm like, well, sometimes this feels awkward in my hand. What is what is the purpose of Holy Nova? It's a bit of removal from aggressive boards. Um, it, it heals my side of the board, which goes towards quest progression. And uh, maybe I want to put in like a divine hymn. That that heals mm-hmm. on my side of the board. It kind of sure. it slows down the aggro. It heals me six. That's pretty nice. Uh, so maybe I want to take out the Holy Novas and put in Divine Hymns. Or every time I'm playing this deck, I look at my Holy Nova and be like, would I prefer this to be a Divine Hymn or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think constantly tinkering is the way to go. Um, but it's 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 kind of hard with these low sample sizes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you you don't have to tell those of us who have like deck ADD uh, to, to do that for sure. But I, but I think you're right that things start to come to the surface as you do that. And especially if you have the eye for if this card was X, would I really, you know, be happier more often than not? And, yeah. uh, you know, and especially the decks that you're coming up against are a big part of that, too. You could have a really good deck, but if it does terrible against most of the, you know, uh, most played meta decks, then it's, you know, it doesn't really have much of a chance, unfortunately, other than being fun, maybe, which is which is fine. Um, but if you want to create something that's really effective, it's also going to be very dependent on the field of play and uh, what you're seeing at whatever rank or level that you're Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like a pocket meta thing where, um, you know, rank 9 is going to be a little bit different than rank 7, or rank 16 is going to be different than 14 as far as what you're running into. Maybe you're hitting a ton of uh, control warriors for no reason, and you got to play a greedy deck like Quest Paladin, and then you get free wins. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe you're seeing aggro decks and you just got to play i don't know what's a good good deck against that control warrior oh god don't play control yeah, warrior <laughs> don't do that uh, you can uh, do control like, shaman you can do a control yeah, shaman just like there you go control shaman like don't um don't think like oh i'm watching you know this streamer i'm watching tice play play this deck and he's killing it mm-hmm. he's top 100 legend like don't mm-hmm. think that deck is gonna do as well in your pocket meta as it does in right. his pocket meta like and then you can tweak your cards around that um maybe drop some of the greedier cards for more early game defensive tools Mm -hmm. stuff like that that's really good um well i i also have to ask because i mean i didn't realize you'd hit 12 on legend that's uh that's pretty insane um but i have to ask on behalf of the people who are grinding and really want to get to legend one day 
uh, kind of a sidestep, but what, what's your best piece of advice for getting to legend for the first time for the player who's been working at it, uh, not necessarily new, but really wants to get there, hopes to get there. What would you say? Um, I think you kind of have to stick to one or two decks and kind of master them. There is a learning curve. Uh, I think I could always be a much higher legend than I am personally, if I would just stick to one or two decks. Um, mm. Because I'm constantly switching, switching mm-hmm. decks, and and it, it hurts. It hurts me. Like if I play Control Highlander Shaman, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna play it as well as I'm playing this Wall Priest because I've sunk 30 games into it. It might take me, you know, eight hours to kind of figure out all the little nuances and start playing it right. So sure. if you're good at Combo Priest, keep playing Combo Priest, and then just keep grinding with Combo Priest. You can get Legend with it. And uh, you're probably going to play it better than if you randomly switch to, you know, Quest Hunter. Um, So uh, one of my main tips is kind of stick to one deck. Learn all your matchups. You might have a, you know, 30% win rate against X deck and just play it out. Know how you have to change your play style. And then just uh, try and and win that 30% matchup. Um, Another thing is... (laughs) Try, try to not have ladder anxiety, which is just it's nearly impossible. I, I used to do something a little stupid. I would, uh, I would cut out a post-it note and cover my rank and cover their rank. Hey, that's and, smart. I love that. <laughs> and it would kind of... I'd try and forget like like what rank they were like oh i'm not mm-hmm. trying to hit legend right now like i'm their rank i don't know and i'm rank i don't know but i mean of course at the end of every game you're gonna see your rank and then sure, that's when sure. you can like jump out of your chair and get all excited but mm-hmm. uh go on to the next game and try and forget that forget the ranks again just keep keep pushing i mean that's a bit of a silly one and i mean maybe it's dark and your post-it notes aren't thick and you're gonna see your rank through it anyway um <laughs> But uh, another tip, which is also easier said than done, is uh, don't get tilted. Mm. And it's Huge. so easy to get tilted. I I still I, I get a little tilted. I mean, for me, it's <laughs> I probably got a little you know it, it, I'm I'm a little more tilt proof than most. I think at least according mm-hmm. to my chat. But I probably have to lose like eight games in a row, and then I'm like I, I feel. I feel terrible and I just I want to keep playing and win my yeah. uh win my ranks back. It's kind of like a gambling mm. thing, right? Is that is it a, Sure. It's like, oh, absolutely. It's like, "Oh man, I just lost $20. Let me just spend 20 more and win back my 20." <laughs> and uh it's probably not going to happen. So like if you lost 3 games in a row, take a break. You know, go go walk around the block, go do some jumping jacks, kind of mm. chill. And then come back later because you might not think it, it affects you, but it actually it it does, it does. Yeah. I mean, I feel like um, I, I start my stream pretty early, eight a.m., and I go until at least noon, and I feel like around between like uh, nine and and eleven is like when I play the best, mm. and then after that, I I see myself making misplays, and I um, I'm like, you know what? Like I'm gonna end stream or. I don't know. I usually I, I don't end until noon, but I can tell. Like if I, I feel like I'm doing great, I'll keep going. If not, I'll kind of stop. Um, mm-hmm. But but don't don't get tilted. You have this sweet zone where you're most alert. If you're like about to fall asleep, maybe don't play a game, even though you're a bit excited. <laughs> um, yeah. If you're on a lunch break and you're gonna have to rush it or like I don't know, 
if uh if you're if you're hanging out with friends maybe don't jam a game like like you got to give it your focus your complete attention and uh try and do that and um all right, I got another tip. You ready? You ready? Number four. Let's, yes let's for one. It. I'm giving Please. you four. I, I, hey, I'm, I'm getting the value here, and so are listeners. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> I think uh, talking through your plays is actually mm-hmm. very beneficial. Before yeah, I started streaming, I would not talk through my plays. Now I interact with chat a lot, and I feel like I do misplays because I'm like, I'm talking to you know my, my viewers saying, hey, what's up? And like I, I kind of, oh, I wasn't paying attention to what my opponent was playing. Why did my you know why did my cards die or whatever so mm-hmm. i uh d- don't talk with chat talk 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 <laughs> through your place even if no one's there mm-hmm. give it your full attention be like okay you know this turn i could play uh i don't know i, I could play Ziliax and then i could use my hero power and heal or i could do Ziliax and i could do penance which will remove three damage off the board and also heal me for three like um, i'm only healing one more than i would have if i would have hero powered but maybe that actually helps me get through to the next turn or maybe like oh maybe i I ziliax and then i can forbidden words this this guy with my additional one mana um like there's so many different plays you can do maybe even talk through them if you think they're a little bit silly like just see Mm -hmm. all the different lines consider every single play you can make and just by talking through it, you might see something that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. So, uh, you know, like multiple choice questions, like read, read all of them. Don't just choose A as soon as you read it and you think it sounds mm-hmm. right. So a lot of times that, that actually helps you even, re- even remember that there are other options because I, we can get so pigeonholed on just one solution or oh, the yeah. most efficient use of your mana or something. I know that that's, that's one thing I've had to break from for sure. Um, yeah. and I think a lot of people, you play the five cost card on turn five, easy, you know, but if, if you actually look through every single possibility, uh, you can, you can go that way. And honestly, man, I actually did the exact same thing. Um, before I even started podcasting, I was watching like a Moz do arena streams and stuff. And I, I hit a zero three run and I was just devastated. And, and, and that exact thought hit me like, well, you know, it seems like he does well because he's talking through everything. So I'm just going to do that. And I had a 10 win run the very next, <laughs> the very next time. So, nice. um, I, I hundred percent am all about that. And honestly, it's a good reminder to me, even, even though I've done it before, that it, it really does help you improve because it slows you down and helps you really think through things in a healthier way, which we all have room to grow in for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people get upset with roping, um, but I think if you're trying to improve as a player, if you're, especially if you're unfamiliar with a deck, I kind of I kind of encourage roping just so you can like yeah. think through your your different plays and uh, make the optimal play like you can think two turns ahead you know three turns ahead Mm -hmm. um just just because it's called twitch doesn't mean you have to do that in order to make every play you know so (laughs) so that's great man yeah people people get upset at it but just try and try and ignore them and if you're talking your about your plays out loud maybe don't do it in public just uh (laughs) in the comfort of your own house Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could do it in your head a little bit, maybe. But I feel like it's not as effective as doing it out loud, as weird as that sounds. Plus, it'll prepare you to be a streamer. Hey, there you go. If you ever want to go that avenue, yeah. I like it, man. 
Well, cool. Well, as we're kind of wrapping up all of this, we, this has been like a lot. I'm going to go back and listen through as I'm editing this and, and grab a lot. But is there anything else on your mind uh, from everything we've talked about as far as building decks, um, Reach and Legend, anything else that you'd want to share as parting words? Um, don't play Control Warrior. <laughs> Disenchant <But. laughs> Dr. Boom. Well, hopefully you already did that. I think this has helped me because I... I tend to fall into the camp of really not wanting to do the hard work of tweaking or something. I just want to find a deck someone did well with and learn it inside and out. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think, uh, especially as we're talking about the challenge of creating something fresh and new, um, I really want to take that on. And, uh, you know, that when Boomsday Project released, actually, that is the one stroke of, like, I need to create something I've ever had. And I, I really wanted to make a bombing deck. And so it was like a token, uh, token bomb deck with like whirly gliders and Sephorium <laughs> yeah. bombers. So it was just like put put a bunch of bombs into your opponent's deck as best you can, and then flood the board and hopefully bloodlust them down. And uh, yeah, there has there hasn't been stuff since then that's really uh, stoked my brain there to get back in it. But I um, I think right now is actually a great time because like you can be like, hey, I got this quest I haven't messed around with. Right, let me, right. you know, let me build around the quest. It kind of incentivizes you to build around a certain thing, which I think is a lot of fun. Or if you're mm. doing Highlander, I think Highlander, it's a great time to build mm. uh, decks because Highlander, you just, hey, I like this card. I like that card. I like this card. You just throw them in. You get 30 unique cards yeah. or 29 in the quest, right? And it feels, I don't know. I think now is great for deck building. But yeah, it bombs really are is. fun. Yeah, I, I, I like them all the time, except for... No, I think I like them all the time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. very good, man. Well, hey, as we're bringing this uh, this episode to a close, I want to remind you, as always, that you are the happy Hearthstone. This podcast exists for you. Uh, it's all about the great community that we have, and I'm so thankful that uh, you join. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been a longtime listener since the very beginning of this show, it really means a lot that you come back and you spend some time with me, with Dexter, and uh, with the other great people who come and hang out. And if you like the show, you want to see it grow, and you want to invest in yourself as a player, you can check out the Patreon over at patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone really excited about the um the new uh, special offer that i've got going on this month as of the recording i don't have the details figured out but it should be live as you're listening to this so be sure to go check it out uh, that's only available during the month of september uh, 2019 and i have to send a huge thank you to the producers of the happy hearthstone menach jay miller brian O, mr blurry and mark p that is the fab five right there so thank you all so much for supporting the show for sending love uh, to the entire audience here really appreciate all of you and everything that you do and if you did enjoy this show i would love it if you took the time to go over to apple podcasts or itunes depending on where you're watching this and uh, just leave a review it takes a few minutes and it helps the show for the indefinite future for people to find it and uh, when people are typing in Hearthstone podcasts and searching for something, it's just uh, it's really helpful for them to see uh, what's what is distinctive about this show from someone else uh, who actually listens rather than me. I'm a little biased. I make this thing. I bake it with love every single week. So, um, yeah, appreciate you being here. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Andrew is living. Same thing on Twitch. I am not regular on there. So uh, we'll buff someone else's Twitch stream here in a bit. Uh, and you can email me at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or thoughts about the show or if you'd like to join me for a future episode. We actually have an open uh, an open
open casting call all the time to anyone who wants to cut their teeth on content creation. So just let me know and we can talk about it from there. And Dexter, I know uh, I've grown a lot from hearing your thoughts and stuff. A lot of other people have too. How can they, uh, how can they connect with you? What are the best ways to do that? Uh, talk about your stream and all the YouTube stuff, man. Uh, I feel like my primary uh, format is, is, is YouTube. So if you go to YouTube, just search Dexter Gaming or Dexter Hearthstone. And that's Dexter, D-E-K-K-S-T-E-R. Uh, and then, I mean, uh, Twitch as well. Twitch.tv slash Dexter. And within those, you can find links to my other things. I mean, I have Twitter, which is Dexter Gaming. Um, I don't really tweet too much, honestly. And then I have, uh, mm-hmm. I got, I got Instagram, uh, Dexter, just Dexter. You can find that. <laughs> but also, that's just my personal stuff. If you guys, you know, care to learn more about me and see dog photos. Hey, someone out there wants to see those dog photos. I want to see yeah. those dog photos. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good, man. Well, thank you so much for joining me here. Really has been a blast. And, um, man, I'm excited to see uh, where Quest Paladin goes from here. I mean, uh, surely there's more innovating to happen, especially if we see some more Reborn minions or something like that. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Who knows if that will ever happen, but we'll see. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me, man. And thank you for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.